This program is brought to you by Pussy Magnets. Welcome, welcome, my lovely lumps. Or should I say lovely labs? I'm so thrilled to have you here in the Labia Lounge to yarn about all things sexuality, womanhood, holistic health, and everything in between. Your legs. Ah, uh, can never help myself. Anyway, we're going to have vag loads of real chats with real people about real shit. So buckle up, you're about to receive the sex ed that you never had and have a bloody good laugh while you're at it. Before we get stuck in, I'd like to respectfully acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I'm recording this, the Manang people. It's an absolute privilege to be living and creating dope podcast content on Noongar country and I pay respect to their elders past, present and emerging. Now, if you're ready, let's flap and do this. <laughs> oh God, is there such thing as too many vagina jokes in the one intro? <laughs> Whatever, I'm leaving it in. It's my podcast. Don't panic, you're not broken. Your sex education was a piece of shit. Get your flaps out and pull the couch. It's the Labia Lounge. Hello, my labial ledge hammers. Welcome back to the lounge. I'm pretty pumped because we're going to be covering a topic today that I've been meaning to jump in on for fucking ages, actually. Um, and so I want to cover polyamory. Um, alternative ways of relating, you know, non-monogamy, ethical non-monogamy, things like that. So different ways that we can structure our relationships that aren't just the sort of stock standard um, monogamous relationship, basically. Um, Not for everyone, not everyone's cup of tea, but definitely something worth chatting about and exploring. So today I've got my friend Zulu, Zulu Flo, Zion. I mean, is that what what you want to go by? Yeah. Oh, that's my name, so <laughs> sure. All right, great. Love it. Um, <laughs> um, and, oh, God, let me get into my, my notes. I'm, I've got to get How your are you. How let me are give you? you the rundown on Zulu. All right. <laughs> so good to see you. Shut up. All right. <laughs> hey, we've already done that. Don't <laughs> behave like I'm just completely ignoring you as a human being. Like this is a podcast. I want to tell people about you so that they right. understand a bit of the context of why I've asked you on to chat about this. So Zulu is a freestyle master. You should hear the guy rap. Recording artist, leader coach, mindfulness expert, adult and organizational development strategist, events specialist, and mentor to many. Damn. Zulu is genuinely heart-centered, empathic, yet a no-nonsense facilitator, and I can attest to that, with 17 years' experience in the coaching industry, and he's worked with thousands of individual clients. And basically, I've I've so I guess it wasn't in your professional bio, but just a bit of context for people, ever since I've known you, so probably I don't know, nine years or something crazy. Um, you've been, you've always been in non-monogamous kind of configurations of relationships. You you sort of tend to um, do things a little bit differently, and you used to be a dating coach as well. So you kind of, you know, got a lot of different hats and a lot of experience um, in that realm of relationships, intimacy, love, dating, and also non-monogamy. Um, and even though it's not something that Zulu does, sort of 
in his like private coaching so much, coaching on like poly dynamics and stuff. I just thought, great, perfect, old friend, we can chat about this sort of stuff. So welcome Zulu, stoked to have you here. (laughs) Stoked to be here. Thanks for that amazing intro. I, uh, yeah, as you were sharing that, I'm like, yeah, it's not really the identity. You know, a lot of, I see a lot of people in the, industry in the scene if you will coaching and personal development and uh like sexuality and embodiment and tantra all of this stuff i was doing like i I was learning tantric practices and um like when i first learned qigong actually i was learning alchemy um internal alchemy and uh you know channeling sexual energy and utilizing that from age of 16 17 18 19 and and i'm old as you said i've been in the coaching industry 17 years um (laughs) i I was feeling old so like like as it became more mainstream all of that sensuality sexuality tantra all this kind of stuff um i was already like over it if you will like not over it but it wasn't (laughs) you moved on to greener pastures or just yeah just what didn't it's you know sex sells and it's true and that's cool but it just was uh not my biggest juice or not my biggest excitement or not my biggest inspiration. And I've never marketed myself as the tantric guy or the sexuality guy or the non-monogamy guy, you know what I mean? Even though uh, that was some of my skill set back when I was doing dating coaching, um, it was more along the lines of uh, authenticity to yourself or, you know, becoming more aligned in who you are and um, designing the lifestyle you want, designing the social circle you want and living more in your truth. And this is, you know, just more and more I've, I've delved into it, the the more that has been the case. But uh, I do have the skill set, as you mentioned, so I'm happy to have this conversation. I'm, I feel like we could definitely offer a lot of value to the listeners. Totally, yeah. And just because it's not part of your sort of like professional accolades at the moment or something that you're focusing on with clients because you have a different focus these days, it doesn't mean you don't have a wealth of knowledge and a whole lot of personal experience um, to chat about. And it's the same deal with me. Like I've definitely dabbled in this area, but very much not a not an expert. Um, so I guess my desire for this episode or my aim is to kind of, you know, just to speak to what you were just saying about helping people find the most authentic expression to them and, and create and craft the life that really, really, you know, they're designed for that will help them thrive. I feel as though with relationships, we have this cookie cutter, like, you know, standard, like heteronormative, like monogamous dynamic that's, it's just like basically, you know, what com- what comes from that is then the nuclear family. And it's just very, um, it's the common and sort of mainstream and culturally accepted and even expected way to relate. And I feel like a lot of people don't fit into that um, category and don't necessarily feel as though it's the most um, fulfilling or the most natural thing for them to be in a monogamous relationship. Some totally do and that's great but I just wanted to offer some alternative perspectives and I guess explore different ways of relating that are, you know, still really rewarding and can still be done in a really healthy, mature, amazing, fuck yeah way um, that maybe, you know, just to maybe – open some people's minds, um, show how, how things can work and can be done depending on you. And I suppose we're just going to talk a bit about our, yeah, I, I guess explore the topic from our own experiences. Um, so does that sound good? Yeah, it sounds like fun. Rock and roll. Well, 
before we get stuck into the ins and outs, because I've got a fair few like, you know, pretty standard questions I'm going to shoot at you, but I would love to just, I guess, give a bit of context for those that aren't familiar with polyamory um, before I ask you about your sort of journey with it. So can you give everyone a definition of what what is polyamory? Like what can that look like? What are some other types of poly or non-monogamous relationship styles that you're familiar with? Um, just to give everyone oh, some, there's so, yeah. there's so many, like <laughs> so, so many different ver- variations. But I guess I've never actually, funnily enough, um, identified as polyamorous um, from the beginning. It didn't quite uh, fit the box. Uh, I'm not a box fit in a box kind of person uh, in the first place. But um, I did hear the term many years ago, and it didn't feel right. But in terms of like how I have gone about relating um especially you know with like sex involved in in my intimate relationships um it has the the closest that has got is like uh i I enjoy engaging in uh non-sexually exclusive dynamics you know um so like that non non non-sexually exclusive or non-exclusive dynamics has been my uh primary um hat that i have worn um so i guess the monogamy would be you're sexually exclusive with an other you know uh, one other mono you know mm-hmm. um and the the word am- amory polyamory obviously poly many amory love many loves um if you if you look at that term i guess every parent who loves their children is polyamorous right you know, you, you don't have two. You don't, you don't have two children and then love one more or less than the other one. You know, or you might, but in the, if, as a parent, I know that the love just expands with the with as many children as you have. So, totally. I guess in, if you the, the what you're asking, you know, like um, the polyamory is yeah. The general consensus is that yeah, uh, you can have all sorts of you know, you can have throuples, you can have. One person might even be in a sexually exclusive relationship with one person, but the other person might not be. There's all sorts of different dynamics that come from just, yeah, just the non, uh, how would you, I don't even like the term traditional because it's not even been that traditional until marriage was uh, invented, you know? Totally. Yeah. Agriculture. I mean, yeah, sex at dawn, get around it, everyone. Well, I suppose I just wanted (laughs) to like, I guess, distinguish between open relating or just sort of having a hoe phase and like sleeping around and having sort of sexual connections and having an emotionally invested relationship. Because for me, like all of the different um, expressions of polyamory generally require an emotionally committed partnership or relationship with more than one person. That's that's like how I define it. And I suppose within that you can have, like you said, thrapples and triads and this and that. And there's too many configurations to go into and it has become like super buzzwordy and trendy. So like seebs. But just to give people some context if they've like never ever heard of it, polyamory is where you have multiple committed partners. Um and it's consensual and everyone knows about it and it's, you know, it's all above board. And there are ways of doing this in a healthy kind of gracious, loving, empathetic, functional way. Um, however, I feel like it's not done very functionally a lot because we don't have it modeled to us and we don't have resources or education around it. Um, and I guess the sort of relationship dynamics in the mainstream that we see um, in media that we see modeled to us f- 
from a lot of, you know, a lot of our parents, it's just like pretty toxic and dysfunctional. So a lot of us can't even fucking do monogamy, let alone um, sort of branch out into this whole realm of, of having multiple partners. Like one is hard enough, I find. Um, so anyway, talk to me about your journey and experience with like, you know, being someone who prefers to relate in non-monogamous ways. Like, have you always done that? Do you feel as though it's like the most natural way for you to be? Have you tried to do monogamy? What happens? Like, give me, give me the rundown. Yeah, well... It's funnily enough, um, it was, I must have been 15 or so the last time I, I was in there. Um, when I, I entered into a monogamous uh, scenario, that's the only way that I knew of. Um, this is the only way that, that I'd seen things done, modeled to me. You have a girlfriend or a boyfriend, whatever it might be. For my, in my case, it was a girlfriend. Um, and then you'd be with them and no one else, and that's kind of the... The, you know, is what is presented to us in media, in, you know, storytelling and fairy tales and so on and so forth on uh, all the, all the, uh, you know, the Little Mermaids and all the Disney stuff and all the kind of stuff that you might watch, <laughs> um, you know. Um, but funnily enough, around that same time, actually it was after that. It was actually after that relationship. So I, I, I was in a relationship with someone from school. I must have been in grade eight. Um, and then I was in long distance relationship because I moved from um, up Byron Way, Byron Bay, down to Sydney, and I was like still in a relationship. I was like, oh, we'll, we'll still be uh, partners, we'll still be boyfriend girlfriend, and then we would, we would, you know, call each other every day, kind of thing. And and then I found out that mm -hmm. that partner had cheated on me with like multiple people I, I didn't find out until I spoke to one of my friends who told me who, who like told me but I didn't believe them then I found out it was true um and that like I was like oh I was shattered you know that that broke my heart that broke my um my trust you know was was real broken more so like the the lying part mm. like the part of not being like I felt like I had failed in building a bond strong enough to for trust to be broken uh, like or just pr trust mm. to be like i felt like i was like oh what have i done wrong to that you don't feel safe enough to just share everything and anything with me um and then <laughs> that kind of oh actually i, I i'm getting my timelines a little bit messed up because I, I the even before then about that same year when i was trying to figure out how to relate and how to um what is love what is what is liking someone? What is attraction? All of these things. What are relationships even? You know, this was questions I was asking myself around grade seven, grade eight. Um, and I was doing a lot of study, like I was reading books. I, actually, something I don't know if you know about, Frey, I don't know if I've shared this with you, but when I was, it must have been from the age of 11 or, yeah, probably 11, 12, uh, until I was about 16, around that, just maybe two years after that relationship. Um, I was, had my sights set on being a marriage counselor. That's what I was, that was my path. I was like, I wanted to be a marriage counselor. <laughs> oh, wow. The, the, oh, wow. Yeah, the reason Weirdo. being, all, 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 all around me, all I saw was like dysfunctional, um, like models of, of relating, of, you know, partnership and, and just relationships in general, like my dad and my mom, my stepmom stepdad all this kind of stuff all i mm. saw was that very poor um examples you know like lots of abuse lots of 
um, just like just yeah DV and stuff like this and I was really heartbroken to see that and that I, I was like oh why can't these you know authority figures just get along and and this is kind of what I, I, I had a wish for mm-hmm. like uh, to be able to to hold space for you know the healthy relating and so that was that was what I was going to be so I'd already was studying and reading lots of gay Hendrix stuff lots of different um I was reading uh, mm-hmm. Scott Peck stuff like different stuff from from that age so I was had an idea of relating and what love and uh what is attraction and you know these kind of books um really I was delving into them quite deeply and uh I would have had about 20 different books that I was <laughs> reading around that time and so that, that that when I say like it might sound strange but I was like oh I I didn't even feel heartbroken in the sense that I was like hurt the fact that you know oh someone cheated on me I feel like oh they're a shit person I actually called them um up when I found out and I said look awesome work like enjoy yourself i just really feel like i've let you down you know and let us down that i haven't created a space for this honesty this openness just to be just the the, a given if you you know what i mean um and i was around that time where i I vowed never to have this kind of closed relationship again because i was like i don't want that i want to be able to share everything and anything with my um with my lovers with my partners with my 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 intimate others you know Mm. So have you ever felt jealousy or insecurity around when your partners are with other people or is it just not part of the way your brain works? Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. Uh, there's, um, it's strange. It's strange the dynamic of jealousy. Like I, I really, again, I'm really curious when it comes to different emotions and stuff and I want to know what they are and I, I just nerd out and find out different perspectives i'd feel them in myself and just like to explore them and ask look at them from different angles and um you know and and i've felt jealousy i had a, a time where i was like oh jealousy is like a a, a useless emotion and then i had felt times let me dive into that and get you know put myself in the shoes of a jealous person and um i've had it where i've been caught off guard and i found myself acting in jealous kind of ways and um it was very early on where I, I, you know, this idea of compersion, which is, you know, taking joy in the, in the, that's kind of what I felt initially. So to answer your question, initially I felt actually what I didn't even know the term was compersion. You know, I, I felt joy in that partner is the fact that they were enjoying themselves. And I was like, I felt awesome. Like, as long as you're doing what you do, like what you love to do. And that felt like the normal way for me to, to feel. You know, I didn't feel any like, oh, mm. they're the, I didn't feel any like you're bad or you're wrong or I just felt, okay, cool, that's mm-hmm. obviously, did you enjoy yourself? Were you looked after? Were you having fun? Awesome. Again, it was more I feel like I let us down or I let them down. Um, but So do you think the jealousy was a conditioned emotion? Do I for myself, do you mean? What's the question? Yeah, like if the jealousy then came in later, do you feel like it was a conditioned emotion that crept in no, if it felt so natural to feel compersion to begin with? I don't believe so. I just believe that different dynamics will elicit different feelings and emotions, you know? Yeah. And different uh, different sets and settings, you know? Like uh, I've, <laughs> I've been a long-time psychonaut at the same time <laughs> and yep. set and setting <laughs> will, have, will have its effects uh, no matter what mm-hmm. kind of uh, 
what kind of biochemistry is at play, whether that be, you know, emotions are the, are the biochemistry mm. of the body, right? So, mm. you know, it's it's all going to be just depending on the dynamic. There might be, I was caught off guard by jealousy at some point. Oh my God, I don't really enjoy that emotion, don't really find it coming up. And then all of a sudden I'm finding it coming up and myself acting in ways that were un natural to me like and surprising to me and then okay cool but that's what jealousy feels like cool and and i've had times when i've purposely gone all right let me just try that jealousy thing on and feel what it feels like and uh every time i have felt it and and it hasn't been enjoyable hasn't been a feel like a resourceful hasn't put me in a resourceful state um so yeah i'm Mm. not like at times i've been like i don't really do jealousy you know, there's, I'm a big believer we can put our we, – we put meanings on our experiences, you know, and and it takes – whether – if it, if an emotion takes you off guard, catches you off guard, like it could be joy, it could be um, exasperation, it could be uh, total euphoria, whatever it might be, it's like, okay, cool, how did I get there? I'm always <laughs> kind of asking myself how I got there and, and what meaning did I put on that for, for that to occur, so – so how does it usually go down with partners? Like, have you have you had a tricky time uh, sort of finding people who are willing to engage in non-monogamy with you? Like, do you meet people and you're really into each other and then they find out that you don't do monogamy and they can't handle it? Like, how does it – how do you navigate that with new partners? Uh, well, it's always a, a first and foremost. It's, it's a – I lead with it like, and I have done for 20 years now, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, I can, I, you know, it's not, um, surprise. It's not a surprise. It doesn't come out of nowhere. You know, it's like, if you are going to be relating with me, I, I can guarantee that I'm going to be with other people. Um, and I'm going to feel attraction for them. And that's not always the case. Like, it doesn't mean that I like, I can do monogamy sometimes too, if that's what the set and setting calls for. And, you know, like, uh, I, I, again, I don't like to put myself into a box. I can relate sexually exclusively for sometimes if, if that's the case too. Like it's so an easy answer would be for you. It's like, it's a rarity. You know, if you grab a hundred people, it's, there's probably, it's probably less than 5%. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Who will just be like, Oh yeah, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's perfect. <laughs> although although actually if i if i if you had said that 10 years ago or 15 years ago it would be maybe one or two yeah but maybe nowadays it's five to ten totally. know, so it's, it's getting it's getting more and more who are like actually that is perfect because for me that the big piece on that is that it's the like i'm demonstrating open communicating from the get-go yeah and that for me is what an open relationship means you know it's it is, is fully open and we you know Closedness uh, leads to, to pain and, and self-deceit, which I believe is the root of all evil. You know, I don't think money's the root of all evil. I think self-deceit is the root of all evil. And when we study extensively all the things that we are as humans, you know, and how we operate and what is what our physiology is doing, what our psychology is doing, and so on and so forth, and, and we come to the realization that actually uh, some of these ways that we've gone, you know, the way that society has been uh, designed and has, yeah, is not actually very natural. You know, I think it's the most honest thing for myself anyway. Um, 
And again, so I, I don't try to force people into doing something that, that is uncomfortable for them. Cause I, I want to, I told you before, you know, that facilitating the, the realization and actualization of potential is my biggest joy, you know? So I don't want someone to, to feel or to try to do something that isn't enjoyable for them, you know, it's in, and doesn't expand them and doesn't make them feel great. You know, I guess like for, yeah, for me, I, at one point felt as though, I think I read, you know, Chris Ryan's book, uh, Sex at Dawn, and maybe like The Ethical Slut and, you know, just the sort of cardinal texts around non-monogamy. And I was like, oh, my God, monogamy is the biggest fucking sham. It is not natural for us. We are not designed to be monogamous. Like, what is everyone doing? We could be having our cake and eating it too. And I sort of just like launched myself into that world. (laughs) Um, probably because I didn't trust myself. I think I'd come from like a really unhealthy, pretty sort of unhappy relationship, had wound up not having the guts to actually end it because I think I was only subconsciously aware that I needed to end it. But then I, my pattern was that I'd go and do something unforgivable like cheating on them and that would end it. And I'd be like, sweet, that's done. So it was kind of like a coward's way out. This was when I was like 18. And I basically felt so guilty that after that though, and so selfish that I could never forgive myself over it. And then I wouldn't really allow myself to get into a monogamous relationship again because I was so afraid of hurting another person and doing the same thing. Because I think I did it twice, you know, in my teens. And I was like, fuck, I'm an awful person. I can't do monogamy. I'm just not cut out for it. It's not natural. I guess I'll do poly um, when I learned that this was like a thing. Um, (laughs) But I felt like it was more traumatic than it was worth. Um, I had fun at different times. It was great. But for me, just I don't know whether it was, um, you know, I think something that helped me uh, untangle my conflicted emotions around it because I was constantly struggling with it it was always hard it was always really painful and challenging um I remember yeah yeah (laughs) yeah um but something that helped was like I can't remember who said it but I read somewhere that yeah okay maybe monogamy humans you know cave people or whatever before agriculture we weren't naturally monogamous but that was, it's like you were saying, set and setting. Like that was then. The world now is not structured or set up in the way that it was then. And we don't have the sort of culture around it. We don't have the community or the societal sort of, it's, it's all so different now that it's crazy to expect ourselves to just completely be able to drop back into this like, you know, um, pre-agricultural way of relating even though there's no scaffolding for it we've been conditioned by Ariel the Little Mermaid like you mentioned and everything in society is set up for monogamous hetero couples so it's it was a bit like hang on like yeah cool if you want to if you want to um try to be polyamorous and just push yourself into really unsafe traumatic places go for it but also just a reminder that like you know it's not it's not maybe that you're failing at it, but that the way the world's set up and the way that you've been brought up and conditioned and and all of that has contributed to it actually not being the most natural way for you to relate anymore. And I was like, oh, thank God, because I am exhausted. And 
Um, for me personally, I eventually wow. decided, look, fuck it. Like it's actually more trouble than it's worth. Um, and I really craved the security and safety of monogamy to sort of heal those, those wounds. Um, but that's just for me. And I definitely yeah. feel jealousy and insecurity. Whereas a lot of people that I know that really nail it in, in this sort of non-monogamous world, they don't feel nearly as afflicted by that. And you know what? I never fucking felt compersion. I felt sickened when I heard about the person I love fucking someone else. So like, yeah, I'm so like not able to do it. Um, so we've got both ends of the spectrum here because I've I was always fascinated by how you pulled it off and it it seemed to be the most natural way for you to to relate and um, yeah I mean you've got like ki- you've got kids and a partner and you're doing it you're making it work um, is it that you've managed to find someone else who genuinely just really works that way or is it kind of like a continued journey of like battling with the jealousy and you know talking yourself down from the insecurity like what what's the day-to-day hey babe towns so sorry to interrupt but i simply had to pop my head into the lounge here and mention another virtual lounge that you've got to get around It's the Labia Lounge Facebook group that I've created for listeners of the potty to mingle in. And there you'll find extra bits and bobs like freebies or discounts for offerings from guests who've been interviewed on the podcast, inspiring and thought-provoking conversations, and support from a community of labial legends. I also have an account on the fab new app Sunroom, which is a platform created by women for women and non-binary folk, and where there's no shadow banning or censorship of sex-positive content unlike with the other platforms that I'm on. So you can hit up my sunroom for extra content and real and raw life updates because I'll be sharing on there from now on all of the stuff that I can't post anywhere else. My vision for both of these is that they become really supportive, educational and hilarious resources for you to have more access to me and a safe space to ask questions that you can't ask anywhere else. So head over to the links in the show notes and I'll hopefully see you in there. And now back to the episode. Well, it can be. Um, it, it, it's, well, you say what's the day to day. It's different every day, right? I, I, I am... I confronted by each day as it begins, you know, and by every moment as it happens and the certain setting changes with the, the, the internal environment changes and the intern the conversations that happen at home, the conversations that happen with different, uh, in- love interest, people you meet for one second or, you know, just for one moment and, um, with your, with the intimate partners always changes all the time. So the, yeah, I, I like to just deal with what's in front of me. Um, and mm. I think a, a lot of you, you mentioned that there was a struggle, maybe like uh, anxiety and stuff. I've I experienced anxiety, like social anxiety a little bit and um, kind of, I don't know, there's this kind of fear about the future and a lot of things. But when it comes to like relating and, and yeah, like, there's definitely some probably anxiety around having conversations because I, f- I feel anxiety is like a future conversation that you have with yourself <laughs> or like a future image video that you play out mm. in your mind of something that hasn't happened yet and there's a fear or a tension or a contraction around it or, and that doesn't really help at all when it comes to relating and, and communicating. It's just like 
it's all right, what is in front of me now? And a lot of the mindfulness, a lot of the presence practices really helped. Mm. It's just getting mm. present and, and not, uh, and getting in a resourceful enough state to have conversations, you know, and even um, what I would say is like a really a, a good blessing, I guess, is for, that I've found someone now who is um, just as, committed to not being put in any box as I am mm. <laughs> you know so I think that's been, been helpful so there's like it's not even my partner is it's not even really is it my like we're, we've committed to be each other's partners but it's like we don't even really call each other partner or girlfriend or boyfriend or you know we're just we're it's like we're just hanging out you know at the moment we, yeah we have children um yeah like we'll probably get married at some point you know, this is conversations we have um, and it's just, a, yeah, it's a day-to-day, it's a different conversation and wherever we're both at and we'll communicate that and, and we try to not get ahead of ourselves, you know. Uh, we don't try. We, we're really committed mm-hmm. to not getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, beautiful. Um, so, like, in terms of, I guess I mentioned it earlier, how, like, society sort of structured for monogamous couples and so is marriage and blah, blah, blah. Do you feel like it makes it more difficult for people who want to explore non-conventional relationship styles and, like, does having kids sort of make it tricky? What happens if, you know, other parents at the school find out? Or, like, yeah, how do you navigate that in a world that doesn't really know how to handle the way you guys are doing things? Yeah, for for me specifically, I uh, what do they call it? Gaff. Yeah, I was just gonna. I knew <laughs> yeah. you were gonna say you that. Know, I was like, me to me personally, I don't give any fucks. <laughs> <laughs> me personally, like that's how I deal with it. Um, not really the most. It's like a little bit antisocial way <laughs> to go about it. Not the high, yeah. most highly recommended <laughs> kind of way, and. Um, but like, yeah, so, but in terms of partner, my partner is like probably, I, you know, again, I find it difficult to talk for them, but you'd have to ask them, but um, like they may have more care in terms of giving more fucks, you know, um, when it comes mm-hmm. to those sorts of things. Um, so that's, again, a conversation to be had and how we navigate that and we work together. And I think that's in terms of partnership, that's, the first thing that I that's first and foremost is open relating, open communicating. And, and that's a forever game as well. Like there's parts that I, of myself, I, I have that wish to be open myself, you know, obviously back, you know, it's, it's what I'm, what I attracted back in the day when I was like, Oh, there was mm. obviously what, what I was getting was a mirror of where I'm closing in my communication and where I'm closing my expression and sharing and caring and all, all the, you know, what the parts that make relating up. And so I was like, all right, there's parts of me, which I'm struggle and have uh, contraction around with my own communication. So it's like, it's a real beautiful mm. practice to, to, to meet that and go, all right, cool. What, where, how can I open up more? How can I um, go deeper? How can I be more authentic with myself? How can I create more intimacy? How can I create more safety, more trust, all of the things that, make up a you know healthy and expansive and fun and playful and all the, all the joyful and fulfilling relationship you know so 
mm-hmm. it, you know, in terms of the, the people who care, like I think going about it with like a little bit of I don't give a fuck, but also give a fuck enough about yourself and your own what's going on in, at home and, and enough to create a healthy, happy home. I think that's number one. And, and that self-honesty to is this really a healthy, happy situation? Um, like you said, you said that it was a bit tumultuous and it wasn't healthy or happy. So you had to really be honest with yourself, right? And have that that clarity mm. and openness within mm. yourself to actually not be deceiving yourself and you know that and actually try to get to the root of all love as opposed to the, the root of all evil which again self-deception is so um something that i'll share with you actually funnily enough it's kind of off off the thing but w- when I, I i read something the other day that i i went back into some notes i was taking back when i began the co- whole coaching journey some i think this was 2005 or 4 that i wrote this it was like i wrote what do i want mm. when it comes to um like relationships and i wrote that I, I want many many simultaneous strong healthy significant ongoing long-term playful appreciative loving caring expansive relationships you know, uh, with people that I value and that I enjoy uh, without any deception, misrepresentation or manipulation. That was my desire. That was my goal um, in terms of how I want to create the a lifestyle where I'm relating to people. Um, that's how I wanted my love life to be, my, you know, my intimate connections to be is I really wanted that many, many. It's funny, I wrote many, many. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, wow, that's what I've been living and you've known me you know, throughout that and throughout my experience of that. And I think that kind of showed to me that, fuck me, I'm like, I don't even remember writing that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but like, I was like, what that shows to me is getting clear on what you actually want and what you desire. You know, a lot of people don't, when I ask them, so what do you want? Like, what are you experiencing? And then what do you want? So they're, they're having a tough time. They're having a troublesome time. They're having, you know, they're having trouble with, working out what kind of relationships they like or they have you know many ex whatever their situation so what do you actually want what like if you get absolutely clear on what you really want enough to just define it in a phrase or you know like be able to just say it like that then that is more important than um anything else really like that clarity i Mm. think because without that you'll continually be creating things that you're not quite clear on or you'll be continually attracting things that are coming from the unconscious or subconscious rather than, all right, let me bring my will to the fore and, and go, actually, let me create the or the, the kind of reality that I want to experience, you know? Well, or like also just not really being aware that there are other options and just kind of going for the the prescribed way of relating. Like you said, you kind of didn't realize that was a different way to do it, so you just entered a monogamous relationship and it was dis- sort of not disastrous, but it, it wasn't for you. But like if people don't realize that they actually can choose um, – then they're obviously not going to be intentionally trying to create or manifest that. Um, my ideal back in the day was literally just just because I couldn't, I wasn't feeling compersion. I was like, well, I just want to have lots of relationships, but I don't want any of them to, you know. Like, um, that's very common. That's that's a very common well, totally. situation. You're not you're like <laughs> I, tr- I imagine that you've met many people who who have had a similar experience. Am I correct? 
Well, I think everyone wants to be the person that has multiple partners and gets them all to themselves. So it's very tricky to find someone who doesn't mind being on the other the other side of that. But anyway, I want to slot in the segment Get Pregnant and Die. Don't have sex because you will get pregnant and die. Don't have sex in the missionary position. Don't have, don't have sex standing up. Just don't do it. Promise? so that we make sure we have time for um, everything. Do you have a uh, an anecdote or a story for us about how your sex ed failed you or maybe something that you um, remember from that time that you found interesting or challenging? Yeah. Uh, failed me. I don't know. Like one of – I don't know if this is a failure story or not, but um, <laughs> one of the first uh, – so I was learning like about Tantra, like I mentioned earlier, and um, energy exchange mm-hmm. and breath, movement, sound, and, and sexual energy and how to, to cultivate it and explore it and expand it and transfer it between people with breath, with, you know, with intention, so on and so forth, with, the, with the, the, the universe, the sky, the earth, so on and so forth from 15, 16, 17, so on and so forth. And so like... The at around that time, I'd I'd you know been I only slept with a handful of people at that time, and it was maybe literally only one handful of people, and then I got thrust into <laughs> funny as a thrust into a um, scenario where I was in a, a house party, northern uh, New South Wales. The you. I turned up at whatever time it was, say nine ten p.m. Um, went on to the next day. The sun was up. Uh, the music had slowed down. The music had um, DJs had all stopped. This was one of the best, craziest, most pumping uh, parties that I've that I'd ever been to, and. <laughs> It was like the floor was almost like there was two levels, and the floor above was like like bending like like it was like <laughs> like the, any minute now the the roof was going to cave in um, at, at one point. <laughs> it's a sign of a good party. And then it, it and then it and then it had settled down, and there was maybe over the course maybe five hundred people, but it was always full. Like it was never more than two hundred and fifty, three hundred people. All right, where is this going? Where is this going? Beautiful. Cut to the chase. So. No, well, I'm trying to get to the point of where where the where the party was at. So there was pumping, okay. and now we're at a point where everyone who, who who didn't know, like the people whose party it was, was gone. Right, so the party was all right, last drinks, whatever, everyone gone, and then there was maybe fifty people, sixty people left, about maybe thirty five, um, forty, thirty five, forty females, fifteen, twenty guys. And then all of a sudden it was a sex party. All of a sudden, everyone getting it. Everyone, people, all sorts of configurations. And I'm just, I'm, I'm this, I'm this young kid who's in it. I'm like, all right. And everyone's feeling nice and, and, you know, after the party kind of, after, after party kind of thing at the party. And yeah, so I was in the, in the middle of this mass orgy all of a sudden. Um, and with not a, like it was a, it seemed like everyone there, was like well versed in tantra 
as well because everyone were, we were seeing people uh-huh. in yab yam and you know like it was like there was this, just this sexual energy about the the whole room uh, it was yeah it was all confined to like the, this one big space in this room and and that was like you know from going from a handful of lovers and and intimate scenarios like different sexual experiences to that um was like I don't know, like, I guess that was a bit of an eye-opener. That was more like looking at the failure of sex education or anything that society had shown me. That showed me the failure of all of that. And, like, oh, well, if this is an experience Mm. of that can be had between complete strangers in a beautiful, it was sacred, it was memorable, it was powerful. Um, Like, yeah, that that changed my world and my worldview and my, my understanding of what was possible. So Mm. like, I guess it's not really a failure story. It was more of a failure story of what, what the world um, had, or, you know, my family or like my, you know, role models, you know, which I hand chose myself really, but. Well, that's a sex education story. Like at that party you received like your first proper, you know, like educational experience. Initiation. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Exactly. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Epic. Oh my God. Wow. What a, what a bonus surprise. <laughs> that might explain a lot of how I then, you know, framed relationship and, and sexual sexuality as a whole uh, throughout mm. the rest of my life, because that was one of my first kind of um, experiences. Like, I'm, oh, wow, this is, yeah, this is not only possible but a reality you know? mm, totally yeah so interesting so like something that's popped into my head speaking of byron and the tantra scene um i'd love to get your thoughts on this because yeah i sort of swam in that conscious community neo-tantra realm for a few years a while back um i was probably in that scene when i met you actually um and i experienced a lot of sp- spiritual fuckboy types um, who have had pretty much like taken advantage of this surge in popularity for non-monogamy and who actually just like hid behind the label of like ethical non-monogamy to do whatever the fuck they wanted and have an excuse to put it back on on the woman by gaslighting her and saying that like, oh, you know, you need to do more work on yourself and like transcend jealousy and blah, blah, blah. And obviously it happened – like I probably did my fair share of this sort of thing, not to that degree, but in a way because um, I wanted to have my cake and eat it too, but I also hadn't been mentored properly in how to do it in the most ethical way and I was kind of just like feeling my way through it and accidentally hurting some dudes in the process and um, even though I had the best intentions like that, I'm definitely not saying it's only the spiritual fuck boys that do this, um, but I definitely saw a lot of that going on and I know it still goes on a fair bit in certain communities. So, like, what are your thoughts on that whole concept of a spiritual fuck boy and the way that that, that means they can have uh, almost no accountability for actions that probably don't come from the best place and um, and I've seen it really do a lot of damage to a lot of women. Excuse the interruption, my loves, but I'm shamelessly seeking reviews and five-star ratings for the potty because, as I'm sure you've noticed by now, it's pretty fab. And the more people who get to hear it, the more people it can help. 
Reviews and ratings help me curry favor with the algorithmic gods and get suggested to other listeners to check out. Plus, they make me feel really good and appreciated as I continue to pour my heart and soul into creating this baby for you. And I promise I don't maz over them or anything. I mostly just tuck them away for a rainy day when I'm filled with self-doubt and existential dread about being self-employed, which is fairly frequently. (laughs) So you see, leaving a review really does make a difference and it's an easy little act of support that you can take in just a minute or two by either going to Spotify and leaving five stars for the show or writing a written review and leaving five stars over on Apple Podcasts. Choose your poison, or if you're a real overachiever, you could do both. Whoa now. If you are writing a review, though, just be sure to only use G-rated words, because despite the fact that this is a podcast about sexuality, words like sex can be censored and your review won't actually show up. Lame. Anyway, oh, oh, what was that? Oh, you're going to go do it right now while I wait. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great idea. May as well just quickly click that five-star button before we get on with it and, you know, like forget about it and get on with your day. Um, um, oh, I'm hearing them roll in. I'm hearing those five stars. <laughs> oh my God, I make myself cringe. Anyway, uh, thank you much, Lee. You're a total gem and I'll let you get back to the episode now. Yeah, well, it's... Uh, first and foremost, it's like reality. It's uh, people are going to, yeah, like I sell it a lot with the pickup community, um, you know, this mm. whole seduction community. Um, a lot of people like wanted to be players, but, you know, players, but they mm. ended up becoming players. <laughs> you know, they, they, they neglected the inner game, you know, and inner game was what I was mainly focused yeah. on and what I have been in, in working on self and be, and becoming, uh, when people call inner game, working on the inner self, the inner reality that, you know, there's a reality on the outside that we have and there's the reality on the inside and, and we kind of get uh, reflected on the outside into like what we've created and, and cultivated on the inside and uh Essentially, like I guess it's just the euphemism in a game for like having a satisfied sense of self. So what you're what you're sharing about this fuckboy phenomenon is, yeah, people coming into it with a dissatisfied sense of self, right? So people with a, a poorly developed uh, personality and character, um, you know, their their character isn't very well developed, so uh, they don't really mm-hmm. feel like they truly deserve what their experience so they you know all of the other symptoms that you mentioned uh come to come to the fore you know so i, I what i yeah so what i have focused on and what i have uh, been espousing <laughs> for many many years is develop this to to work on developing this sense of worthiness to not only look look and and practice the skills and and apply the principles that really do fulfill you um, just to to surround yourself with others who are who are doing the same thing and who bring that uh, who are being that same thing and and who bring that out in you, you know. So you can the the worthiness piece is is huge. So I'd I'd say that that has been like missed a lot. A lot of people coming at it just trying to develop the personality only and and forgetting to really uh, drill deep and and have the true worthiness. Uh, given to themselves because a lot of people look for the worthiness in the external world but really it can only come from uh, from within you know they, they, to, to truly become someone who 
you know that when you introduce yourself and when you enter the world of another and the and the, the frame of another that they're genuinely going to be left better off um, mm. by that mm. experience and and because you've proven that over and over again by genuinely coming from the heart coming from a place of presence and not uh, having any and this kind of is a, it coming back full circle this is what i've focused on for so long even in the relationship you mentioned you know what do you we define ourselves it's like well i just meet in the moment and it's like what is truly going to to be fulfilling for this experience right here right now with with when i meet another and i'm always looking to how can i put um rabbits into hats how can i just do and and be someone who is you know just how having a beautiful interaction having you know just doing things that make me feel good just be just because they feel good you know doing something helpful valuable supportive loving caring for others who are in my immediate vicinity just because it feels great and you know when you talk about the fuckboy phenomenon i don't think that's where they're coming from they're coming to they're looking to get they're looking to take they're looking to fill a hole yeah, totally. so on and so forth yeah. and, and don't get me wrong I've 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 been in those spaces myself, and I've had I've exhibited many of these behaviors as well. So I know it intimately, you know, and I, and I know one feels great, and one leaves you feeling and reeling from some pretty uh, uh, dissatisfying um, reactions. You know, and I'm talking like having like karmic reactions of like, all right, you're gonna you take so much, and you feel empty, and you still try to fill, and it still still doesn't help until you all right, come back mm. to the center and start giving again, start giving again, and you start fi actually filling yourself up. It's kind of counterintuitive because you give and you, you create amazing experiences with other people just in a moment, just looking around your world and looking, how can I help? How can I support? How can I just do good in the world and be, and be expansive, growth-inducing in, in these relationships, whether it's for a second or whether it's for a year or 10 years, whatever it might be, that you start filling yourself up again. And, you know, I think it's, maybe a lack of awareness, probably a lack of awareness, a lack of presence. And that's why I keep coming back to presence, Freya. Like that's why I've delved so deep into, into mindfulness and actually you know, getting mm. in touch with what is happening mm. and what is real in, in, in the moment. Because without that, you can forget and get swept away by the environment, by the set and setting. And then God knows what will, might happen without actually coming yeah. back to the center yeah, and the yeah. presence. Yeah. Well, I guess on that, I, I'm wondering what are some other, so mindfulness and presence for you is a big one. Um, you do a lot of meditation and Qigong. What are some other important things to make sure that we do to navigate this stuff safely with the least amount of collateral damage? Like, you know, cause obviously it is um, a, a sort of territory that can be fraught with pitfalls and, um, you know, things can go bad. People can get hurt. Trauma can happen and bad behavior can occur because we're just human. Um, so what sort of like boundaries or ground rules can be put in place um, and and things that we can do to help navigate it really safely and lovingly? Yeah, well, number, like here's a, a beautiful one that I actually, where did mm -hmm. this come from? I think this was a Brian Tracy um this came from Brian Tracy. I don't know where he got it from, but it's a, this four questions model. Um, and this is with anyone, this was actually what he used between him and his wife to, to help them have a healthy, 
happy, enduring, long-term monogamous relationship, funnily enough. Um, but it was, these questions are beautiful. It's the four questions. It's um, start, stop, um, keep, not. That's how I remember it. So start, stop, keep, not. So you ask, uh, this is just literally ask uh, your significant other, your person you're dating, whatever it might be, anyone you're looking to see over time. Um because it works well to ask them weekly or monthly or whatever it might be. Uh, the first, the first question you can ask is, is, uh, is there anything that I'm doing, um, or yeah, is there anything that I'm not mm, doing mm-hmm. that you'd like me to start doing? So that's first question. Start doing. So is there anything that currently that I'm not doing? Any behaviour that I'm not exhibiting that you'd like me like me to start exhibiting? Um, second question, is there anything mm. that I am already doing that you'd like me to stop doing? So is there anything you don't, aren't enjoying, isn't fulfilling, is hurtful, is not caring, so on and so forth? Um, is there anything that I'm doing that you'd like me to keep doing? That's keep. So is there stuff that, you, mm. that I am doing that you'd like me to keep doing? And then the last one is, is there anything that I'm not doing oh, that you'd like me to keep not doing? I love this. Because <laughs> it's great that you're not doing it. So, all right, cool. You can actually now, you can actually get into the other person's mind of your behaviors being reflected, and you mm-hmm. can actually now become the mirror, right? And you are seeing what it's like to be the, the experiencer of you, you know. And and so that's a beautiful um, framework that you can work in. But the the be- the important ground rule, what you mentioned, or the boundary that you want to keep with this one is, it can it can be triggering. It can be. Uh, hurtful to hear the answers mm. sometimes oh shit there's not doing it's not a it's not an <laughs> invitation to start a fight it's not an invitation to say you're wrong it's not an invitation it's just you really have to work on being present listening uh detachedly you know when you hear the answers to these because a lot of it will be triggering it will be so you know having a, a nice space where you agree you know maybe setting up some agreements all right I'm just going to listen um if I get charged I'll just breathe through it or I'll let you know that I'm getting charged and but it's not, it's really the what when you're asking these questions because some people will might even lie to you because you don't want to hurt their feelings. Oh, there's something you're not doing. So you know, have some agreements. I'll be truthful as I can. I'll you know, and really not take this personally. I'll do my best to to remain detached, mm-hmm. but also you know, just be here for you. So you, you might do this for six months and nothing changes, or you might do this for uh, you know. So it's a really beautiful signal that actually. That you're the, mm. the wrong person in the in the right seat or you know if you look at a, a relationship as an organization which i often do you know it's like all right well <laughs> this person obviously doesn't want this job because <laughs> they're not they're not changing mm. any behaviors or they're not starting to do it <laughs> you know what i mean so then you can just part ways like amicably and go actually let's find someone who who is um ex- ex- exhibiting uh behavior change and and this is love like when you change behavior for uh, yourself for other to create a more beautiful space more fulfilling space this Mm -hmm. is actually love in action so that's that's a beautiful one that that has helped me um immensely um throughout my past relationships and you know current relationships as well um Another one which I come back to is just be real honest with yourself, radical honesty with self, you know, avoid self-deception and escapism at all costs and really be on high alert for uh, escapist behaviors and, and contraction and running away and avoiding uh, and really commit to, to being really honest mm. with self because without that, you can't be honest with, with other, you know, so know thyself, 
be thyself, love thyself. This is what the oracle said, right? So that is committing to that, um, to knowing the self, getting the knowledge of self. So you know what you really like, you know what you really love, and then, you know, um, be thyself. If you be yourself, the more and more you be yourself, mm. the more comfortable, authentic you'll be with everyone and the more you'll attract that. And then when you know that, you can actually love the self and, and allow yourself to, to go beyond yourself for the for another, you know, an other, and then you can create a loving space. So those are, you know, some things that are, I guess, practical. Um, and, yeah, like, mm. the, the, that can just create beautiful things because the more you know, the more you can communicate, hey, what do you like, and, and just try things and, and be playful and curious and open and, um, not not getting butt hurt helps as well. Like, <laughs> I think it's, it's like developing the uh, not a tough skin, but just the ability to mm. to feel however you want to feel and be however you want to be, uh, and create. I guess giving that to another. If you can really create that space where you can allow that in another, um, you kind of get that back as a result. You know, if mm. we, if we want if we want to feel something, give it to another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it kind of reminds me of um, a conversation I had with uh, James Gill, Fish, uh, which I, I feel as though hearing him talk, I was like, okay, I feel as though a lot of uh, his approach is based in nonviolent communication, but he's just an incredible, incredible coach and facilitator. And we did an episode on conflict resolution and communication around kind of crunchy topics in relationships. So, I highly recommend everyone go listen to that. It's one of my favorite episodes. Um, and as you were talking, I was thinking, yeah, holy shit. It's one thing to like know the start, stop, keep not framework. Fucking love that by the way. Definitely going to use that. I feel like I've heard that before and then promptly forgotten about it. Um, but it's another thing to I actually be able to nail it. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, yeah, and and like if you if you kind of listen to the episode on conflict resolution, resolution and communication, there's a lot of like tools and approaches in there around how to communicate about these things that might actually have you feeling pretty butthurt, and that's okay. But it's yeah, that that episode's pretty helpful for that. And then the other thing that sprung to mind was. Um, when you are going to be having these conversations where you might hear something that you don't like hearing or you might feel a bit charged or challenged and obviously we we often just immediately go, we automatically jump on the defensive when we hear something coming from a partner that, you know, they don't like that we're doing or whatever. Um, I did an episode with Charlie and Shelley Winninger on MDMA um, for couples and that that drug used to be called empathy and it was in uh like originally used as a couples therapy drug because it helps us step out of that like sort of wounding and that defensiveness and into the empathy and the other person's shoes and so we can actually hear things and receive information without taking it personally and getting really upset about it in such a a constructive way that we can then have like proper conversations so not just sort of recommending everyone go out and take md but listen to the episode maybe, listen to both of those episodes. Um, they're very topical, they're very complementary to what we're chatting about now. Um, and the other thing I wanted to like uh, circle back to was because I mentioned ground rules and I'm curious about the sort of ones that you generally have. I know it will be different with different dynamics and different partners. The ones that I remember being really important to me were like 
okay, use protection, use condoms, um, and don't. I don't want it to. I don't want you to have a relationship with someone that I know that's in our close friendship circle. Um, I had like a primary partner generally, so like a primary partner, and then other connections sort of fell into. And a lot of people don't like having that sort of hierarchy, which I get. Um, but it was a bit like okay, so the primary partner takes priority, and if they're not comfortable with certain things, then I. I take their lead and that is that's who I'm kind of making sure I'm looking after first and foremost and then the other connections that I had were sort of secondary to that and yeah there was sort of ground rules in place like that that meant you know um and I know some some friends of mine have a really beautiful marriage and they have an open marriage and their ground rule is like no one that we know and only three dates, three dates max, because then it starts getting emotionally involved and they only want it to be sexual. So there's just some examples of like different ground rules that you can have that might suit your particular relationship. And I'm wondering what kind of ground rules do you have or do you want to suggest people have a look at? Uh, Well, it's going to be case by case, isn't it? So this is why the... Mm. I just circle back to being real clear on what it is that is true to you, you know, knowing thyself. Cause if you don't know yourself, you're just going to come up with some rules that you heard, you know, Freya and Zulu say, <laughs> and then you, you, you know I mean, what I mean? Some of them like, are good ones really- though. The universal ones, you know, like wear dingers, it's safer. Like I feel like some ground rules yeah, you like, can safely like, say. <laughs> just like that's something that is just logical and, and wise, you know, um, if be real honest with yourself you know there's some there's some people who are like i don't have sex unless uh it's without um condoms you know what i mean so like people who really are uh honest with themselves with that at least they're honest with themselves with that and then they communicate it you know what i mean and then someone knows all right they're an ex they're not it's not a yes for me you know so just being really honest with themselves so for me it's that for one for me who's just like sexual hygiene you know um like I think having a, the title and the role is probably one for me, like knowing what the title is and being clear on that, you know. So if I am have the title of boyfriend or girlfriend or partner, you know, I, I look at that as maybe like a capital P or, you know, capital BF and then uh, I can have the other, you know, if you want some other partners, they can be a little BF or, you know, little, you know, they're my lovers or something, just knowing what titles and then just defining the roles, again, looking at it like, all right, is all the is all the the duties of that role taken care of before you then go and look at those the the sub mm. uh, roles which are under you? You mentioned um, you know primary mm. and secondary. That's an easy way to look at it, but there might be different names for those. You might not like the terms primary and secondary, but they essentially um, define mm. s- similar kind of ideas. Mm. You know, so being really clear and re- knowing what it is, and changing language, and deciding for yourself what it is you really would like to experience. I think this is first and foremost. You know, and and I think sometimes being okay with, like, just because I don't, for instance, just because I uh, am compersionate, you know, I'm someone who loves to to uh, witness those who I love and enjoy to be, you know, experiencing pleasure and enjoyment in whatever way they like, doesn't mean that I have to then project that onto an, another and, and have them um, be the same. If someone wants to only be with me, that's fine. Um, but I do encourage them to to not look at me as their only source of um, sexual intimacy or pleasure, you know, because that's uh, a surefire way, in my experience, for for resentment to mm. build or for 
for un un, un just like unreasonable expectation mm -hmm, mm -hmm. more so you know it's just like it's like well this is what i can like you know being again it comes back to knowing yourself and, and being what real you can offer what you are able and mm -hmm. what you yeah what you're capable of actually following mm -hmm. through with you mm -hmm. know if you're not if you're not clear on that that's where the trouble happens so again getting really clear on what it is you're capable of and being radically honest with yourself because that's where i see people yeah. trip up is they want to. they love the idea they would love to then they experience it then there's all this turmoil they can't deal with and it's oftentimes it's a lot easier quote unquote um to be monogamous because there's less um balls to juggle if you will it's just it's just logically difficult more difficult to juggle four or five balls right <laughs> you know so like it's um you know it's it takes a lot of work and a lot of communication and a lot of safety and a lot of trust building and a lot of conflict resolution and a lot of um honesty and a lot of discomfort to, mm. to grow into a space where you can he healthily happily lovingly caringly you know this is another concept of the caring relating um or you know or this kind of the, the different types of relating um that people often uh can can fall into uh, or display you know this is the the people you know the walking on eggshells type the yeah i think they have a term for it where it's like um I think it's like fawn response yeah, or like yeah. this idea of taking care of others, yeah. people pleasing, uh, this kind of, this whole stuff is like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to um, upset the other person. And this is like uh, a careful type mm. of, but, mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. This is like a careful type relating. Mm. This is um, when people put other people's values higher above than their own mm. and, and then they dismiss their own values and then pedestal other people's values and they really want to make sure those around them get looked after. This is a careful type of relating. The opposite of that, the other spectrum of that is this uh, idea of your values are way more important than everyone else. And it's this kind of a narcissistic, it's this kind of domineering. This can, if you know, look mm. into go, go onto the spectrum of like where rape and stuff happens is where like my values are more important to yours. And this is a careless relating type, you know, mm. so you can look uh, the, the, the other option is to, you know, weigh up your values and communicate them in terms of the other person's values. And this is what that framework of the starts up, keep not kind of really beautifully mm. uh, puts into practice is, is like, all right, what are your, what are my values? What are your values? How can we meet somewhere in the middle? And how can I give you that while still respecting my values and still ensuring that you're getting your values met? Uh, and this is the caring type of relating. So you can, you can have a look at things in this kind of framework mm. and then see just the, what, what the behaviors are. So, this this type of stuff is helpful just to really give you a reality on what's happening and get you clearer on and how to be even more honest with yourself and how to deceive yourself less and less because we're all deceiving ourselves at some point because there's parts of us that are in unconsciousness, right? So it's bringing those unconsciousness pieces to the light. And this is where a relationship is beautiful because this is when we can have these conversations and be in a safe space and, and create a um, safe space uh, where we're free to do so and we're held and loved and no matter what we come how ugly how hurtful how ashamed how whatever we're mm. feeling and it's we're accepted and loved um, nonetheless beautiful things can happen so i think creating spaces where you know i think having a date night or, or a date day or a you know a date week or a date month you know uh, where mm. we're committed to just hanging out with our partner and and giving them that time and space and energy where we're working um, with just being together mm. and seeing what happens mm. or whatever you guys want to do, I think is is ultimately uh, very helpful. Mm. It's, mm. It has been in my totally. Experience. 
Yeah, so beautiful. Um, God, I just don't know how anyone would find the time, to be honest, but um, <laughs> got my hands full with just one person. I used to totally have like a bit of a roster going though. Like back in the day, I feel like I could never manage yeah. more than like four or five. It would always just maintain an equilibrium around that that number. And anytime I was trying to date more than that amount of people, someone would fall off and and make room for a new person to come in. And it was like so messed up. My, my friend and I would... Yeah, call it a roster basically. And that was, I guess, me trying to be like this sort of, you know, I'm an empowered woman and I fucking have sex for pleasure and I use men for their bodies, whatever. But like also that was super toxic. So just gonna, yeah, <laughs> flag that. And and you can you, you can create that in a really beautiful way yeah. as well, you know, if you can if you if you really like that, so if that's what you want to, again, I I would look at that and say there was a lack of clarity on what you actually wanted to experience. You know? Yeah, totally. Uh, so I would love to just before we wrap up, I'd love to grab some. I guess you've you've laid out a few really great frameworks and some tips and stuff, um, but I'd love to get a, another couple of little uh, tips and and suggestions for people that are curious to explore ethical non-monogamy um, and resources and things like that. But just just before we do that, can we do the segment TMI? TMI, we love it. TMI, we love it. Too much information. Um, <laughs> too much information. What? What? T- give me a prompt. Uh, I mean, people often give sex stories or. Um, I guess things that you, you – it's tricky though. I was I was just talking to um, Elena who I did an episode on libido about literally just last night and I was like, look, if you are in this industry, every day you talk about TMI stuff and it's very hard to like even separate like what's not normal to talk about because it's all on the table for us, like vagina ladies. Um, so I don't know how to prompt you other than I guess I, I one that popped into my head earlier when you were talking was like a TMI on your behalf because you're talking about like Tantra and the breathing practices and blah, blah, blah. You are, and I know you'll be fine with me sharing this and otherwise I'll cut it out, <laughs> but you're the only person – Oh, actually, no, maybe one or two others. Uh, but you're the main person I've uh, ever met who can have like a full body energetic orgasm without ejaculating. I'm feeling it just as you're talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's. Uh, so you can yeah, talk about that's, that. Uh, that's a thing. Yeah, I mean, it's you're super sensitive, and it and and it's like this very uh, very outwardly expressive full fucking orgasmic experience but no jizz comes out so like that might be a new concept to people you could chat about that yeah too much information um <laughs> i am highly what do they call it uh in the, in the neo tantra these days i think there's a there's a, there's a catchphrase or a there's a, oh, there's a buzzword uh, i'm not like, really in uh, that scene I, anymore I can't think of it. yeah it's like i'm i'm very sensitive and and very you're a multi-orgasmic man. Is that yeah, it? Yeah, that's a thing. I'm multi. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like a. Uh, oh, there is a word. But I've I've seen it and heard it many times. <laughs> I just can't recall it right now. Right. Um, but it's. Uh, I am definitely highly uh, pleasure sensitive to pleasure, sensitive to all things. Really, I'm a um, sensitive guy. I'm a sensitive <laughs> new age guy. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> really. A snag? I don't think. I think that term is like pre pre two thousand, right? I don't know. <laughs> Showing my age, right? Um, but yeah, I love uh, I love pleasure. I love um, experiencing. Again, it probably comes back to that idea of the full potential. You know, I love that it, creating a space and facilitating a space where the full potential comes out. So like, and gets embodied, expressed, um, actualized, realized and, and felt in a real world, you know? So it's like continually opening myself to that. Um, and, and like anything, it takes a, a practice Freya. So like I was, I'm, I'm, I nerd out on anything that mm. feels good. I'm, I'm highly, um, hedonistic kind of person too i love anything pleasurable really like if it feels good let's go <laughs> you know what I mean? so i'm just diving straight in and i and i then bring my nerd mind to it and like how do i master this thing i want to go deep so like yeah any skill um that that brings pleasure that brings you pleasure the listener pleasure you know I'd, I'd highly recommend delving deep because that shit feels amazing like you you can not only feels amazing, but like it's, I feel like it's healing. It's like when you can disappear in, and in, into like oneness, like by yourself or with another, like here's, here's something too much information. Sometimes I take myself out on a date and the date might last, uh, like I'll go out, I'll go watch a movie. Um, I'll go and then I'll literally just like go home, have a bath, love on myself and then literally self-pleasure for like i think the longest time of self-pleasure for is like 24 hours just like what What the fuck did you have a snack break like always just snacks and food like but like like food but like you know make myself meal obviously toilet break and whatnot but like you know but like all without um ejaculating but just mm-hmm. like just cultivating pleasure, cultivating pleasure. And then, all right, cool. Then I'll have a big long sleep. Obviously 24 hours is a long time to be awake for, right? Um, but like, yeah, I highly recommend extending and, and just, I just think it's enjoyable for myself. It's something that I like to do. Um, but like, yeah, there's a, there's a part of that that is helpful or it's like self-love in practice, you know what I mean? Like self-care mm. and it's like, just going beyond yeah. just to like a release, you know, a lot of people just want to release. And I, I feel that in myself and I'm big on, you know, myself, you know, I like fasting for ridiculous amounts of time. And yeah, you know, um, <laughs> I like, uh, you know, <laughs> so I, I, I do just love these kind of challenges and such. So like, yeah, if, if you're, I think it's helpful for discipline. It's helpful for my willpower to really get my, my, uh, you know, that, cause those sexual energies and sexual centers, um, you know, below the sacrum, are really powerful and can really grab you and want you to spill over the edge and want you to just like take control and take, you know, it's the basal mm. brain. So I think it's, yes, primal. for me personally, it's a way that I, it's a way that I'd like to develop the frontal cortex and, and bring that real, uh, like executive mind on board, you know? Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, so that's, and that's a way it might sound like, like too much information, but oftentimes it would be, four hours six hours three hours eight hours sessions where i'm self-pleasuring because um because why not why the fuck not if you got the time you know these days with, with the kids and stuff it, it doesn't happen as much but you know 
Totally. Oh, wow. But def- Epic. But definitely, but definitely, definitely extending, uh, having extended uh, masturbation, um, self-pleasure time is fucking amazing. It's, and it's probably something that nobody knows about me. So it's uh <laughs> Dope. Love well, that. Handful, <laughs> a handful of people. So now the world knows. Oh, Zulu, the fucking wanker. So fucking good. Wanker. You can call me a wanker. wanker. Get I'll it. Own it. <laughs> Love it. Oh my God. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up, but do you have any kind of like tips or resources or parting words for people that are curious to explore non monogamy in like a mature, ethical, functional, beautiful, loving way? Hey, me again. If you'd like to support the potty and you've already given it five stars on whatever platform you're listening on, I want to mention that you can buy some really dope merch from the website and get yourself a labia lounge tote, tea, togs. Yep, you heard that right. I even have labia lounge bathers or a cute fanny pack if that'd blow your hair back. So uh, if fashion isn't your passion, though, you can donate to my Buy Me A Coffee donation page, which is actually called Buy Me A Soy Chai Latte because... I'll be the first to admit, I'm a bit of a Melbourne cafe tosser like that. And yes, that is my coffee order. (laughs) You can do a once-off donation or an ongoing membership and sponsor me for as little as three fat ones a month. And I also have a Sunroom profile over on the Sunroom app, as I've mentioned. And I also offer one-on-one coaching and online courses that'll help you level up your sex life and relationship with yourself and others in a really big way. So every bit helps because it ain't cheap to put out a sweet podcast uh, into the world every week out of my own pocket. So I will be undyingly grateful if you support me and my biz financially in any of these ways. And if you like, I'll even give you a mental BJ with my mind from the lounge itself. Saucy. And um, I'll pop the links in the show notes. Thank you. Later. I would say just the one thing, Freya, is like this is one um – common the probably the most common mistake and and thing that trips people up when it comes to non-exclusive non-monogamous you know um variable relating dynamics is um is a neglect to build community and to have a supportive community and to to have a support network Mm. around this is the biggest failure that i see um, is just trying to do it alone trying to just introduce others by yourself Mm. trying to just be the one person's support person it's just it's and it just see failure and pain and hurt and toxicity and you know so much can can happen from there so number one is if you're going to delve down this uh realm is have a support network there's there's counselors there's you know not non-monogamous specific counselors out there there's plenty of resources there's plenty of instagram pages there's plenty of tiktok pages Mm. on and so forth where you can start building start looking at community start making friends and having getting mentors getting people who've done it before you know Mm. Um, and funnily enough you you might be similar but um a lot of the mentors that i know not a lot of them but a bunch of them um have now reverted to monogamy <laughs> you know, after doing it for 40 years yeah. they're like wow this is so much i'm just over it but like totally. yeah, a handful of them have but 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 having um i wouldn't say reverted i like chosen monogamy you know so <laughs> but it 
but 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 like yeah the number one thing is have a support network delve deep do your research try be honest with yourself and um yeah don't try to do it by yourself yeah that's probably the biggest beautiful thing. Yeah, that's really great advice and it is a tricky thing because it's less common and sometimes it's shunned or stigmatized or judged and so it can be tricky to find that community, especially like depending on what area you're in, but you've got the internet now. So, you know, (laughs) Um, awesome. I want to have this conversation. I want to have this conversation. I want to have this conversation like with some like Muslim friends or some in Afghanistan or something. This will be amazing. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Holy shit. Well, I'll leave that to you. (laughs) I have no interest in having those conversations anymore, especially with people that don't want to fucking hear it. Um, But I've loved this conversation and thank you for, yeah, just sharing so openly and vulnerably about your experience. And um, I'm going to pop all of your links and where to find you online and how to, how to work with you and things like that in the show notes and on the gram so yeah thank you so much it's been a blast yeah awesome i'm glad we got all of our technical issues sorted and and our diaries <laughs> synchronized finally I, I really <laughs> holy it. shit yeah. it's been like a year in the works oh my god all it's right so well, great to uh, see you doing your thing yeah thanks dude thanks for having me and that's it darling hearts Thank you for stopping by the Labia Lounge. Your bum groove in the couch will be right where you left it, just waiting for you to sink back in for some more double L action next time. And in the meantime, if you'd be a dear and subscribe, share this episode, or leave a review on iTunes, then you can pat yourself on the snatch because that, my dear, is a downright act of sex-positive feminist activism. And you'd be supporting my vision to educate, empower, demystify, and destigmatize with this here podcast. Also, I'm always open to feedback, topic ideas that you'd love to hear covered, or guest suggestions. So feel free to get in touch via my website at freyograph.com or say hey over on Insta. My handle is Freya underscore graph underscore YMT and I seriously hope you're following me on there because damn, we have fun. We have fun. Anyway, later labial legends. I'll see you next time.